We're here today with John DeMaio on Cinco de Mayo, president of Graphex Group Limited. John, welcome to the show today. Todd, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And first off, I'd really like to congratulate you and your team at Graphex on rising to be a top 10 global producer of graphite anodes for EV and other high capacity batteries. Very exciting space. That. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. To bring our audience up to speed, why don't you tell us a little bit about the importance of your proprietary technology and you know, how it adds value to the graphite industry, helps the world electrify uh, this big goal. It's a pretty lofty goal of rapid EV electrification and conversion. Tell us a little bit about that in the background, please. Sure, I think um, first it starts with an, an explanation of graphite and the role it plays in the electrification you know, ecosystem. So much of the focus is on batteries, of course, that is the heart and soul of electric vehicles, battery energy storage, et cetera. And batteries contain a significant amount of graphite. Um, it doesn't get the notoriety, if you will, of uh, say um, lithium or manganese, cobalt, et cetera, nickel, uh, but graphite, makes up at least 25 to 28% of the volume of a battery. So there could be 15 times more graphite in a battery than lithium, right? And as it stands now, there is a, a plethora of graphite in existence, if you will, on the planet, but not much of it is being mined. And that's a historic kind of a situation. So what you have now is a mismatch between the supply of graphite, particularly refined graphite, which is what we do, and I'll get to that in a second, um, and the demand as projected by this electric vehicle proliferation and the push for battery energy storage. So where we excel is in a refining of graphite from its raw material stage to its finished product stage to be used as anode material. Uh, and by the virtue of the fact that we've been commercially producing this at scale for over 10 years. We have a high yield production uh, platform. We're experienced at what we do. And that gives us, I'll say an advantage in the sense that we can produce anode finished material from a variety of sources. And we're ready to plug and play when we talk about domestication efforts in North America and beyond. Amazing, it's an exciting time for you guys in this whole move and trend. Uh, we've seen explosive growth from Tesla and some of the other EV companies uh, coming into their own. Uh, but right now, I'm, I'm really even more excited about Graphic's decision to establish a facility in Warren, Michigan. Uh, even more that it's an auto parts facility that uh, provided jobs in the big three uh, region and now is shut down. How can it help gigafactories reach their goals in the U.S. to have some stable domestic supply of EV batteries? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, with respect to the Warren, Michigan plant, you know, we announced that in early 22, and that was somewhat ahead of the real focus on domestication efforts. It was before the IRA, for example, before the bipartisan infrastructure law. And that was just a business decision that we made that, you know, again, we have the experience, we have the know-how that was, as I say, born and raised in the uh, Asian ecosystem which is, let's face it, 15 to 20 years ahead of the rest of the world, you know, with the exception maybe of Tesla. So we felt that we had something to bring to the table to support this electrification movement. Yes, it's a good business decision, but moreover, 
we want to be a foundational player in this electrification movement. I personally have been part of this energy transition long before it was called that. Uh, so it's really satisfying for me to be part of this and to see the momentum moving in that direction. You know, so when we decided to to make a you know plant a flag, so to speak, in North America, we had a, a blank blank page and we we considered a lot of different areas. I'm sure you're aware that there's a lot of activity in EVs uh, in you know the southeast and the in, in the middle of the country in Kentucky, for example, et cetera. We wanted you know we wanted to look at Michigan because of its its historic place in the automotive industry, and we found a location in Warren that, as you mentioned, it was a previously a an auto uh, support facility. I think it did some kind of uh, uh, undercoating. But it had been dormant for a couple of decades, and some local developers had purchased the property and were starting to to renovate it. Um, the fact that it's in Warren, you know, where GM has headquarters, where the city and the and the folks in Warren have seen a an exodus of automotive technology, we felt that we could do well and do good by you know, announcing and building a plant there, bring jobs back, and very importantly, bring um, uh, technology, which is really a new technology, back into Michigan. So we've had discussions and we have, you know, uh, offers of incentives from the city, state, and local governments. I've had a discussion with the governor, uh, with the mayor of, uh, of Warren, and it's a very welcoming environment. So we're, we're really excited about bringing that online. And like you said, it will support, you know, it'll, it'll, Make a dent, if you will, in the uh, in the demand picture. But beyond the plant in in Warren, we have plans to expand in much larger capacities, and we're looking at at sites and locations for that. So it's a very exciting time, as you mentioned. No question about it. To your knowledge, is there any current domestic or U.S. production or North American production of these graphite uh, anodes? You know, th there's not any production at commercial scale at this point, right? So. Yes, I mean, when you look at the landscape of gigafactories that have been announced, uh, it equates to almost anywhere from four to 500,000 tons of, of graphite being needed for the anode side. And like I said, commercial scale production is at zero. Sierra Resources has a pilot plant and they're looking to expand. They've had announcements and I think they're on their way to producing, I think it's 11,000 tons and then 45 over the next few years. But when you put that against a backdrop of four to 500,000 tons, there's obviously room for expansion. And again, we feel that our you know, over decade of experience allows us to quickly plug and play into that ecosystem and take advantage of the opportunity to bring jobs into potentially disadvantaged areas like Warren. Uh, and again, like I said, do well by doing good. No, that's, that's really, uh, I'm sure the community is appreciative of this effort. And uh, speaking to some of the incentives, how, how can the Inflation Reduction Act affect your business model now and plans to shore up this domestic supply? Yeah, well, first and foremost, it really is by design motivational to domesticate supply chain, right? Like any legislation, it, it may be imperfect. You know, some of the timelines may be overly aggressive. And I think you'll hear that from you know throughout the industry, but by and large, it's trying, it's it's moving in the right direction, and it has a lot of buy-in from both sides of the aisle, from industry, 
and pretty much by by the consumer you know, themselves, which is obviously the driver of this. So those incentives more or less require the uh, supply chain to be domesticated. And again, we feel like we fit right into that in the sense that we already, uh, I hate to use the expression again, but to plug and play, right? We have proven technologies, proven uh, procedures. We have a very strong technical bench. Uh, so we're ready to, to bring that expertise to bear. Uh, it's not, you know, we're not a startup and we're not introducing new technology. So we're relatively low risk kind of a play uh, when you think about how do you bring, you know, how do you do two, two Herculean tasks? Electrify mobility after 100 plus years of internal combustion, at the same time, domesticate the supply chain. Well, we feel, you know, one of the, the, the best ways to do that is to get experienced players that are in that supply chain with experience in it to come and, and build out that infrastructure. Yeah, and, and you guys have established quite a bit. You've got 15,000 tons. Uh, you're trying to get that capacity up to 45,000 in some of your current facilities, approximately $50 million in trailing 12 revenue. Um, to me, you have a very compelling market cap, a real cheap valuation at this moment, uh, trading less than one times sales. So um, what steps are you guys now taking to uh, create shareholder value and have a strong finish to 2023? Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, we do feel like we're a diamond in the rough, uh, much like graphite itself, kind of the unsung hero of the, maybe not a hero, but the unsung you know, component of the battery chemistry. Uh, you know, We've spent the last 12 to 18 months really laying the foundation, really taking the pulse of the industry, navigating some of this new legislation, right? To really understand where we can add value, where we can, um, uh, uh, expedite, you know, our value creation, not just from shareholder perspective, but really importantly to the, the industry itself. So we're in multiple, multiple, not only discussions, but different levels of, um, of negotiation, we'll call it, with the, the OEMs and battery makers on the, the downstream side. We're also paying a lot of attention to the upstream side. I mentioned at the top, that there's plenty of graphite in the ground, not a lot of it is available. So when you couple that with the real push for domestication or at least nearshoring or friendshoring, what we're doing on the upstream side is aligning, aligning ourselves with mining operations that are either currently producing or close to producing that are located in countries that are friendly, either part of the free trade agreement or um, not countries of concern as, as laid out by, by legislation. By doing that, what our goal is and what we know is the right solution to the industry is to provide end-to-end, -end, as we call it, mine-to-anode solution at scale for, for the consumers, for the, uh, in our case, the automakers and battery makers. What they're looking for is volume and quality production, and we represent that, that midstream now what we're doing is bolting on the upstream so that, again, it's a end-to-end -end solution. We want to be the easy button for graphite anode material. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you, sounds like you're growing a pretty substantial pipeline. Um, maybe to our audience who's not so familiar with the, the economics, how do you bring value to a mining company or an automotive industry partner um, and help them create value at the uh, end goal? 
You bet. That's that's a really great question because in the graphite realm, a little bit different than than some of the other you know more marquee metals, we'll say, where a lot of that value for say lithium is in the extraction process, right? In graphite, the significant part of the value, not just commercial value, but also performance value is achieved in the midstream, exactly where we play, right? So in dollar terms, you know, if we acquire, you know, raw materials from mining operations and at a value of X, by the time we're done and produce the, the anode material, it could be worth 10 to 15 X, right? So there's a tremendous amount of value created in that midstream. Uh, so, you know, when you look at the landscape again, Mining graphite has not typically been uber profitable, right? And that's why there's not a lot of, of active mines, more are coming online, unlike mining for gold or lithium or, or other precious metals. So some of the mining operations are interested in coming into the midstream to access that value creation. Uh, some of them are trying to do it themselves, right? Others are recognizing that, you know, it might be a better play to stick to our respective knitting, right? and have them do the mining, take on, you know, uh, that's a handful, as you know, between regulatory, permitting, et cetera, and operational, and leave the midstream to companies like ours, but work out some kind of a financial arrangement where they can participate in that value creation. So we're leveraging our expertise and that value creation to secure some of these relationships with upstream providers. Um, and when it comes to the downstream providers, again, it's our experience that they're really that they really value. Um, we're pretty much a known quantity. We've been at this for ten years. That makes us, you know, one of the original players, basically. Uh, so that holds a lot of value for o OEMs and, and battery makers that really need stability in their in the delivery, not only of volume but of quality. And that's what you get after you've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine these win-win types of relationships are, are key to the success and the growth of these industries, bringing all parts, having the resources in North America to do so. And um, so that's extremely exciting. I haven't done a deep dive study on the compound annual growth rate, but I can imagine it must be uh, substantial in this space. Um, why don't you bring it home for our shareholders today, our, our audience that look at these opportunities and buy stocks from uh, watching the Red Chip Money Report. What's your value proposition? Why should they look at Graphex today and consider uh, making a long-term investment? That's a great question. I, I partially addressed it, I think, a little bit earlier. You know, when you, when you consider what society is trying to do, again, electrify not only mobility, but really electrify everything, right? Uh, move away from fossil fuels. You know, it can be argued how fast it's going to happen and what the, the hurdles are, your charging infrastructure, et cetera, range anxiety, all the terms you hear about. The thing is, it's going to happen. And even if we evolve into hydrogen fuel cells, those require batteries as well. Batteries require graphite. There really is no substitute for it, right? There are discussions about, you know, silicon anodes. There are some significant challenges with that, and it's not going to be a, a near-term solution. We will see, for example, anode, anodes are currently 95 to 99% graphite right now. We may see that trend come down a hair um, because of introduction of silicon additives, lithium titanium oxide, et cetera. But the percentage of natural graphite will actually go up over time. So again, 
almost unlimited demand, kind of restricted supply, and not that many players that are experienced in refining it into the anode material as necessary. So we're not, you know, because we've been at this for so long, we have our own IP. We're not beholding to any government, any other company for licensing, et cetera. So we are ready to go. I always say we have ability with agility uh, and we're more than ready. We've already announced that we're moving into North America. We're gonna do the same in Europe. So we're really a ground level play, I believe, uh, why I'm so excited, why I joined the company, quite frankly. Um, we're bringing picks and shovels to this next gold rush. And graphite is really just now coming on the radar as being kind of the next you know, lithium, if you will. Right now it's not commoditized, it's not traded like a commodity. We may see that change somewhat. And whenever you have a supply demand imbalance, um, you're going to see, you know, A, more attention and B, more growth potential. Amazing, John. Sounds like a fantastic recipe for success. I mean, supply and demand speak volumes. And, you know, this is a, an effort globally to electrify the world. I think the embracement, I mean, you just look at the road, you see how many new electric vehicles are coming online, how many, uh, even the, the big three autos have dedicated and, and set cutoff goals that are quite lofty to be fully electric. So this is uh, a perfect timing for you, a kind of a perfect storm. And I certainly see in your, your valuation today, there's, there's a great potential upside. So thank you for sharing this story with us today. I, I really am excited to see your, your year unfold here and see another factory come online in the US. You bet. I like to say, Todd, that electrification is inevitable. Electrification needs batteries. Batteries need graphite. And when you think of graphite, think of GraphX. Some of the companies featured on this episode are red chip client companies, and we may own stock in these companies. So please always read our disclosures at redchip.com.